Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Moose and Goose Raw. Tonight we have a special guest. What's up, everybody? It's Mike. Mike. Hello. Moose, how are you? I am good. Yeah. What Very sweaty and disgusting right now, but I'm good. Why is that? Well, we just worked out. That's right, we did. Yeah. Didn't want to, Didn't but you know what? To. We got it done, and that's all that matters. <clears throat> what are we talking about today, boys? Today we're talking about mental health, considering today is World Mental Health Day. And, uh, like, um... What's his name? Michael Phillips says on the commercials, there is a mental health crisis in America. And there is. Yeah. It's something that um, nobody wants to talk about. Nobody does talk about. And no matter how much attention is brought to it, there's still a stigma surrounding this topic. Especially for guys, too. Because when... When you're a guy and you say you have some kind of mental illness, you're called a bitch, you're called, like, weak. And people are just like, oh, just man up. So, th- that's kind of the stigma it gets where that's not how it should be. No. Where both women and men should be treated equally in mental health, in everything, altogether. So, um, yeah, it just gets a bad rap, man. And <clears throat> I just feel like it, it, it can't be undersold anymore. Because that's all it's been. It's just undersold. But, yeah, I mean, look, all of us have been through some, some shit um, leading up to this. Uh, you, you've you been through a, a recent breakup. Mm-hmm. You've been, obviously, if you've listened to the show, Corey's had his fights with his demons. Yep. I think everyone fights yeah. with their own demons. Yeah. But keeping that suppressed and just just inside is not the way to go. No. And unfortunately, though, it's been like that for years for the majority of society, and it's just become normalized, and and that's the problem. And the one way for me when I'm thinking about, okay, well, you know that there's a stigma around this, so it's like, well, how do you erase that stigma is you talk about it. That's, That's literally the most effective way to erase the stigma is talking about it, whether it's with your friends or talking about it with your family or talking about it in a forum that you know is safe and that's going to be able to help you to express yourself you know and as you mentioned it's one of those things where it's just you know no matter how much society has evolved men are still looked at differently in terms of uh you know how they deal with their mental health because they're supposed to be so emotionally strong you know a hundred percent of the time and unfortunately <laughs> that's not how it works. I, I'm sure everybody would love to to, to be yeah. that way, but you have to be able to bring this to some whatever it is you're struggling with, and bring this to <clears throat> people's attention. Uh, you know, otherwise it's just it's going to affect you down the road in some way, guaranteed. There's just there's there's no way around it. You know, when you have feelings that need to be felt, it, it sounds so simple. You may think you can suppress them or you could avoid them. But they will return in some way, shape, or form down the line if you don't give yourself the permission to feel whatever it is that you need to feel, whatever it is you're going through at the time. It sounds so simple. Yeah. But it's like essentially running away from yourself. You yeah. can only run so far. It's only a matter of time before it catches up with you. Right. Only you know yourself. And the more you, the more you don't talk about it, the worse it's going to get. Uh, then thus, again, adding to the stigma. By uh, by you saying uh, when you're feeling some kind of way to feel that emotion, uh, what what do you mean? Can you give me like a, a little bit of an example? Like, or how about this? I give you a an example. I'm feeling sad or frustrated, 
and uh, I don't want to burden people around me with that feeling or I don't know how to communicate with people, what, what do you? What would you suggest would be a, a good way to communicate that? To other people is what you're saying. So if you're feeling yeah, frustrated. But you want to suppress it because you don't – like you feel like you're going to be judged or some, in right. some way. First of all, you have to realize that that voice that's telling you you are going to be judged is judging, right? That 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 voice is not you. So what you have to realize is that that voice telling me I might be judged is not you. And so when you realize that that is something that's separate from yourself, you can kind of understand the dialogue that's going on that isn't a part of you, and you can see it as something separate from yourself. Second is whenever whatever it is that you're feeling, if you have trouble communicating that, get it down on paper or get it down on the computer, type it out, whatever it is that you need to do, get some sort of a tool that you can use to express it before you actually go and tell other people because then that'll help you to get, uh, formulate your feelings a lot more effectively. And so when you go to convey those to other people, you'll be able to get out exactly how you feel. Mm. And so it's, it's, a, it's a matter of, of getting them out prior to talking to other people on your own. So that way when you communicate with other people, you'll be more effective in doing so. And giving yourself permission to feel frustrated. Like that's the part that's so, it's so interesting is that people don't want to feel frustration. They don't want to feel sorrow. They don't want to feel sadness. They don't want to feel anxiety. Too bad. You're human. Too bad. There's, there's no way around it. It's just like yeah. you, you, you have to feel, you have to shower, you have to drink, you have to eat. This is all part of being human. And so you have to give yourself permission to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. It sounds ridiculously simple, but it takes a God amount of practice and to be able to actually realize what it is that I'm feeling right now and then give yourself permission to feel it other than distracting yourself. Because that's one of the biggest ways that people uh, yeah. avert from feeling it is distraction. Uh, I've been like that. Like I've I've felt certain ways before, and I've just I've clouded my mind with other stuff just to suppress that feeling, and just to kind of run away from it and hope that it just goes away. But when it, reality, it'll come back and it'll come back worse. Yes. And it's just recently I've been trying to deal with that better, but th there's just something. Sometimes you don't want to put that burden on other people, yeah. and that's fine. But at the end of the day, if they are your friends, if they are your loved ones. Then you won't care if they judge you. No, but they but they won't. Exactly. If truly your level, you know yeah. what I mean that they won't. So you know to kind of reference back to what Corey was saying is that you're you know when you're afraid of that judgment, you realize that that in and of itself is a judgment. And so when you see those judgments are separate from yourself, then you can come to realize that. I can still express myself without having that fear of judgment because I know that that judgment is not a part of who I am. And that's something that it's, it's you, that's something that can't necessarily be understood. It has to be experienced. And that's, it's, it's, it's something it's, it's really difficult because when you go, when you're walking down the street or if you're in a store and you look at somebody, the, 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 the brain is going to automatically 
assess, analyze, and judge whatever it is that it's looking at. I don't like this sweater. I don't like what this person's wearing. I don't like what this person's saying. And then all of a sudden, you start judging yourself because you're judging other people. But here's, here's the thing. You're not the one judging other people. It's your brain that is judging other people. It's your mind that's judging other people. It's not you. And the reason that it does this is because it is a survival tendency. In the back, you know, in, in, in the caveman days, what happens was that they, there was this, the same concept going on, but it was for saber-toothed tigers, it was for bears, it was for lions. And so that same tendency that our ancestors had and so on and, and before that and so on and so forth is we still have it. We still have that primitive human brain and mind it's just the culture and society has drastically changed around it so instead of oh um am i gonna you know is that a, a a tiger in the distance is that a bear is that what kind of blood is that it's now what kind of sweater is that person wearing did the what did i say to that person this morning do you think that they took it the wrong the took it the right way took it the wrong way but fundamentally the brain is still doing the same thing it's a survival instinct. And when you realize that survival instinct is separate from you, you you start to lay you start to pull back on yourself and you don't have to be so harsh on yourself. That judgment, that when when I say I'm afraid of somebody judging me if I put a burden on them, it's not you that's afraid of the judgment. It's your brain and it's your mind. And once you realize that and you can separate that you there the you separate the self from the mind because you uh, uh, you are the one who is aware of your thoughts you are the one who is aware of your emotions and once you step into that awareness that's when you can really start making more effective decisions and not acting on this primitive monkey brain that we all have so is saying like my brain is is a survival technique, right? Tool, yes. Yeah. So, is it saying that I'm scared of the judgment, kind of protecting myself? Yes. From maybe more hurt? Yes. Any discomfort at all. Embarrassment is discomfort. Sadness is discomfort. And, and <clears throat> all of those things actually are stemmed from uh, our upbringing. People, people around us. Yes, absolutely. So, like... Uh, example i can give is fear my dad uh instilled fear in me as a, as a kid uh it was just very loud he did those things so now i fear uh doing things correctly they have to be right all the time because uh, if i didn't do it correct he would get frustrated mm. whatever probably because he had to do it again which i don't blame him um but now things are done in fear by me but i recognize that when i'm starting to feel that fear i acknowledge going well, this is one, just an emotion that I'm feeling or a feeling that I'm feeling. Uh, it's a paradox. <laughs> um, and then I, I stop myself and go, okay, but what if I wasn't experiencing this feeling? What would what would happen? And I stop and do, I would do it as if it was nothing wrong. It was like an everyday life. Uh, so that is another thing that I what you're saying is pe being conscious and being also aware of where they stem from because if you can if you can acknowledge that your fear is from your parents instilled that in you or from a traumatic uh experience 
you now have full control over what you're going through and you can go that is just a i'm experiencing something that i've experienced when i was young and i don't have to still be that same person exactly yes you got to be mindful of being able to change i think change for a lot of people is very difficult and scary because mm-hmm. i don't know if they feel fear change where they think other people are going to look at them differently or act differently or whatever it may be but well the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know yeah so is, is what a lot of people kind of go off of. yeah so <clears throat> i think recognizing the problems that you have and being able to solve those problems i think is massive to your growth as a person and it's it's a it's a learning technique that you should learn look you're not going to solve every problem in the world nope you're not you take the the little victories that you can you find a you find a problem you you articulate how to solve that problem and then you do it and you execute it but just know that there's going to be more problems that are going to pop up in the future it's not like oh this problem's done there's going to be no more problems there's always going to be problems yep. you take what you can and you get those little moral victories to build yourself up to a better better person. Yes, absolutely. One of the quotes that I fall back on a lot is things get better little choices at a time. I'll say mm-hmm. that again for the people in the back. <laughs> things get better little choices at a time. They're not these big monumental shifts like where you you just let go of all your emotional baggage and move on or you just you self-growth overnight. It's little choices at a time it could be getting up in the morning for some people who struggle with depression getting up out of bed in and of itself is a victory brushing your teeth in and itself is a victory so one day you can get up out of bed and then and then brush your teeth there you go there's two little choices right there and then the next day you get out of bed and you brush your teeth and you go outside so it's just it's those little choices and they all start adding up and then you look back at it and all of those little choices that yep. you made add up to these, this, you know, uh, the um, little, the tech- little choices that you made, the little victories that you took now turn to a bigger victory. Yeah. And it's, and, and that's what it's, you know, it's about making, you know, and, and realizing those choices. But as I said, it all, it all comes down to realizing that you are not your thoughts and feelings. And once you see them as separate from yourself, from everything that I have read and everything that I have learned about psychology and mental health, that is probably the most profound principle that I carry around with me is that you are not your thoughts and feelings. I will say, once you told me that, I have not stopped seeing it. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's it's so prevalent now. And and it's just, it sounds so simple. And it's probably something that most people listening to right now are not going to absorb or understand for a while. It's something that is just going to come to you and experience because you, as I've said before, about the whole brain and the mind is that your thoughts and your feelings are a result of a primitive survival instinct that is instilled in every single one of us. And when you realize that your thoughts and your feelings are separate from yourself... And you can and you can see anger and sadness and anxiety as something that's separate from you, not a part of you. That's when you give it the room that it needs to move. One of the things that you can uh, that I use as uh, when I visualize my thoughts and feelings is this one's one of the most common ones is that you see them as clouds. Uh, now, when clouds pass through, you can't. There, there's nothing that you can do to stop them, but you can watch them go. And so instead of, if you're in a situation where you're feeling 
anxiety or feeling sadness or you're feeling anger, you simply recognize that that you're feeling this particular emotion and you give it the room to pass because it is not you. A lot of people when they have anxiety and when they have depression, one of the things is that they associate so deeply with this particular feeling. Like this feeling is a part of them and this feeling is going to be around for a long time. Newsflash, it's not. Even if you want it to, it's not. Just like happiness. Happiness, anxiety, depression, anger, every unpleasant and unpleasant feeling is transient. You cannot hold on to it no matter how hard you try. I'm sure everybody in the world, when they feel happy, would love to feel in that moment happy for the rest of their life. But what happens? They don't. But then the same thing happens. What happens when sadness and anger and anxiety arise? Yeah. They what? They eventually leave and happiness returns. Those clouds eventually part and happiness returns. And innately, we are happy, I believe at least, we are happy, grateful, and joyous. That that is is essentially our blue sky. I'm getting the blue sky analogy I, I got from a um um a meditation app that I use and they mention all the time remember the blue sky and it's something that I used to post everywhere so I can remember remember that blue sky so when you're experiencing a strong unpleasant emotion you remember that blue sky that that blue sky will return and all you have to do is give those emotions the room to pass through so that blue sky returns instead of distracting yourself yeah. or associating with them I Again, I, I was for me first hearing that it sounds it sounded so simple, and it it didn't work for me for months, for months, until I really started being more consciously aware of what it is that I was feeling, and literally stopping whatever it is that I was doing at the time when I was experiencing whatever it is that I was experiencing, recognizing it, labeling it, seeing it from a, a more clear perspective and then flowing along with those feelings like "Hmm, okay if i was at work putting something away and i was feeling sadness or if i was feeling anger it's like okay i feel anger i feel sadness i'm going to put this away with sadness and with anger alongside of me and literally tell myself give myself the room that it needs and guess what eventually it leaves even if i wanted to hold on to it with all my mind i want i want to hold on to this anger i want to hold on to this sadness it's going to leave and that that blue sky that it is in all of us will eventually return. You told me the house one where you're sitting on the couch and say sadness comes into mind. There's that one as well. Sadness walks through the front door, mm-hmm. but you don't you acknowledge that it's there, but you don't you don't invite it to stay. Nope. You can let it stay. You don't you, serve it tea. Exactly. Yeah. You don't interact with it. You you acknowledge that it's there, and that's it. So eventually it's going to get bored and it's going to go away. Yep. That's always what I saw. I always... Yeah, it's, you, it's, it's funny because I always see myself in your house. My, what what because, part of my house? <laughs> the, the living room. The living room. You want to know what I picture? I won't lie to you. I picture me sitting on your couch and Dennis walking through the front door. <laughs> yeah. I shit you not. That's, I don't know fantastic. I don't know why. Because Dennis is the kid that walks through the front door. Yes, and he doesn't care. He don't not. care. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. That is beautiful. That I got to give you props. That is, that is the he'll, perfect person. He'll just walk through. <laughs> You, you yes. don't even you say, what's up, Dennis? And he'll just go on his yeah. own way. 
That's how you, I picture really, it. Really, for those of you who don't He'll know, go in your a, fridge. Yes. Take, exactly. Take whatever you and then leave. And let him go. <laughs> we love Dennis. Don't, don't get us wrong if he sometimes listens to it. We absolutely love the kid. But he's one of our friends, for those of you who don't know, who is um, inadvertently intrusive. He yeah. doesn't do it on purpose, but he's the kind of ki- a friend who will just walk in through your front door. He's not knocking. No. And he's going into your fridge and seeing if you have any Chipotle mayo or yeah. any extra sauces and taking it. But that is a beautiful, beautiful analogy. That's how it is. But, be, but you, once you said that to me, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to pay att- any attention to Dennis. Just I'm just going to let Dennis do his own thing because yeah. eventually he'll leave. He's got, and he does. I mean, <laughs> exactly. He <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's, that, is a, that is a perfect way of putting it. Is you, and, and what you did was you externalized your feelings and emotions as somebody else. Mm-hmm. And what that does is... What I said before is it separates you from the thoughts and feelings. And that's what is key is separating yourself from them and really getting getting to know yourself. And how you do that is you sit with your emotions. Yeah. Literally sit with them. Sit on the couch with anxiety. Sit on the couch with sadness. Sit in your car. Drive with anger. You could feel all of these emotions and you don't have to act on them. You don't no. have to do anything about them. It sounds so counterintuitive. And it is. But that's the solution. Is you don't do anything. You just, give... You yeah. Just let it sit there. It's... Like I said, it sounds so simple. And I know for anybody of the first time hearing this, it... Maybe it will kick in with you, but for me, it took months. I, I didn't even I, I didn't even think about it after I, I read it in a few places. I've heard it from a couple of therapists I've spoken to, and I just didn't. It, I, I I tried to apply it, but it never really worked. I'm like, oh, I'm not my feelings, uh, you know, and and just re, uh, wrote it off until I really started stopping whatever it was. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this, and I literally stopped. I had something in my hand. I stopped. I recognized what I was feeling. And then I allowed myself to feel it while I was doing what I was doing while not entertaining it. And then there's also another level that you can get into another, uh, uh, the next um, level of cognition as far as understanding what's going on is you don't feed those feelings with a dialogue because feelings need thoughts to survive. I'll say that again. Feelings need thoughts to survive. So if you can practice shutting down that internal dialogue whenever it is you're feeling a certain unpleasant emotion and just feel it and not actually add words or thoughts to it, it moves along so much quicker. You talk, one of the things that I wrote down um, a while ago to remind myself was you talk yourself through your feelings, not away from your feelings, through them. And when you do that, as I said, it, it, it gives the clouds or Dennis or whoever way you want to externalize these emotions room to breathe. They're, they're not against you. They're not going to even anxiety is not there to hurt you. Right? It's there. Everything is to keep you alive. Your brain. I've said this on other podcasts. Your brain has one job and one job only. It doesn't. It's not to make you happy. It's not to make you successful. It's not to make you friends. It's not to make sure that you have a good time. It's not to make sure you have fun. It's that you survive. That's it. Your that is the only function of the brain is to make sure you're alive and comfortable. If it were up to the brain, you'd be sitting in your room, not going anywhere. And again, exactly. a, a, a perfect example of. Uh, of that is I mentioned this before as well is skydiving 
Do you think the brain really wants you to jump out of an airplane no. 30,000 plus feet in the air? Do you really think that when you get up to the door, the brain is, this is a great idea, <laughs> let's go? No, of course not. It I wants you to survive. So bad. So do I. Right? I, but, but, I want to go bad. So bad. <laughs> That's uh, going to be something I have to work up to. <laughs> dude, I think I'm well, just going to get on roller do it. I, do. I, uh, I went on a, a, a trip last two weekends ago. And uh, it was actually Clinton Road. I don't know if you, you guys know Clinton Road, right? Mm-hmm. We've been on Clinton Road five damn times. Yeah. Well, I, I went during the day, and we went to I went to the bridge. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys know know this, but um, it's like a ghost that lives under there or something. No, well that's like the spooky stuff. But like the history of it is like there's a bunch of iron ore up in the mountains there. So when you yeah. look at the rocks in the daytime, you look down, they're all like like this this reddish tint. Yes. And that's just rust that, yeah. from the eye. But anyway, I wanted to take a, a picture of the, like, down below. And it was pretty high. I don't know how high it was, probably okay. 30 feet. And I was, like, I was standing there, and I was, like, I was, like, you often you often find yourself thinking about the things that you wish you would have done un- under really extreme conditions. Sure. Where, like, I didn't live my life this way. So I was, like, you know what, whatever. L- let me test a little bit. So I'm standing on the bridge, and I just a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And I'm looking down. I'm like, this is pretty frightening. And I wasn't planning on doing anything extreme. Okay. But I was just looking down. I was like, like my body, I was being aware of what my body was feeling. And then I was all now thinking, what are some things that I really want to accomplish? That if I would have slipped and fell, yeah. what would I, what would I have missed? Yeah. yeah, if you were to die, what dreams, ideas would die with you? Right. And uh, I don't think it was high enough for me to, 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 to be scared. <laughs> well, we get the point. <laughs> um, but, uh, but that's one of the main reasons I really want to go skydiving because I want to be able to, to experience. And have a body experience. Yeah, yeah, and be like, well, it, w- number one, uh, I can say I did skydiving. I went skydiving. Number two, I want to be able to experience a thrill – that's beyond my control. Yeah. Because I'm not skydiving. Well said, sir. I'm not skydiving. I have to entrust the person behind me with yeah. the parachute. Yeah. That and the parachute. And the parachute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at what? No, go ahead. At, at that point, everything is out of my control. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing you can do at that point. Yeah. No, but at least if I die, it's, it's quick. <laughs> dude, <laughs> and, dude, you hit the ground, you're missed. you go out hey. skydiving, that's pretty, that, that's you're pretty mi- badass. You're Two missed if it. you hit the ground. Two out of seven people hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's this video on Instagram where this dude's parachute was like twisted up, mm-hmm. and he was trying to pull it apart, yep. and he's just like, oh, I don't know what to do now. This is, and, this is where he it was ends. Flipping the, he was flipping the parachute off. This is where I, I want to <laughs> say he lived. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Well, I mean, it's on YouTube. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call <laughs> you out here, Corey. Give yourself a timeline. Give yourself a, a date. When, till, how, how long? Give yourself uh, uh, some sort of a, a set point in the future where you're like, I want to go skydiving by this point. Realistically, doesn't it doesn't have yeah, to be no. a month or a year. Just I would, realistically. I'm going to call you out I don't so know, you hold yourself to it. I don't know when, uh, when they close, but... Could be ten years, whatever you want, whatever you think. No, is no like it's definitely within the year range. You think one year? Oh yeah. So from where where are we at? We're at October. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. By next October, I I want to be sky like at least do it once. You heard it here. I'm not kidding. It's okay, I know people. Do you? I do. D- tell me, cause I'll go next weekend. <laughs> in, I'm not uh, kidding. In one of the Carolinas. Oh, it's in the Carolinas. That's not. There's places. That, that's, shoot, there's that's, place. There's places here. Okay. There's one up by uh, where my aunt lives. 
My my cousin's already gone, so I'm gonna go see them next weekend. There you go. But going back, going back to what you were saying about the bridge. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think you want to kill yourself. Oh no, absolutely not. No, no, I, no I think I you're past that. But I think yeah. everybody has that thought of what is life without them for other people. Yes. Like oh, it's completely they natural. Have, yeah. Yeah. But as I've said to other people, you have a responsibility in this world. As my friend, you have a responsibility. Yep. You cannot do that to me. No matter how badly you feel. Yep. If you want to if you want to kill yourself, that's very irresponsible. At least in my eyes, that's irresponsible because now you're leaving me with that burden. That well, now, that's your choice. I understand, but your responsibility to me and my responsibility to you is that I'm there for you. You yeah. I don't want you to do that. I want you to get every single bit of help possible. Yeah, and, but that's why we're doing stuff like this. Is yeah. that hopefully some people can reach and, out. And like I've had friends like, oh, I've thought about just driving off a bridge or driving into the guardrail or whatever. You can't do that to us. You're not allowed. We we have invested. <laughs> You're not allowed. <laughs> no, no. Th- we've invested too much time and feelings into one another. Yeah. That's very irresponsible of you, and it's not something you should do to, to yeah. your friends but there also is a difference i should mention between thinking about killing yourself and, acting and genuinely on acting on it and considering it yes like i i'm thinking right now i you know i could take my car and drive it straight through your your basement and kill both of you and kill like right you, can without, well, you better hope that you die no, but i'm saying if somebody tells you like don't think about like a pink elephant you know you think you're about gonna think about it so exactly. don't think about killing yourself you can think about killing yourself yeah. but don't think right so there is a difference between getting those thoughts and actually considering it so if you do get thoughts like that they're again completely natural exactly. everybody gets them you're not your thoughts you're not which my, my friend that's where I, that's yeah. where i was getting at was you're not your thoughts yeah I'm thinking about killing myself, or I'm going to kill myself. There's a com- there's uh, considering it. when when I was uh, when I was feeling at my lowest, you know, pretty much completely depressed. I would say I was at rock bottom for myself, and I was having these these thoughts of suicide, and uh, was questioning if I would actually ever do it or fall into that realm. And so I was doing a lot of research because I was like, this isn't normal because it's a little bit more consistent than than the everyday yeah. of like oh what would happen if the, like this it was more like well maybe you should pull the wheel maybe yeah. you should uh if you had the opportunity to have and guys i apologize if this is too much for you guys but if you have the opportunity to have a gun in your hand would you pull the trigger and um uh so i was getting very uncomfortable with how how often the thoughts were and when they were coming up so i was doing research and there is a very, very big difference between suicidal thoughts and being suicidal. Yep. Suicidal thoughts is just having the thought of what it, what it is and if you yeah. would do it. And, and sometimes they'll be consistent. And then there's being suicidal. <coughs> being suicidal is, is you're trying and you would pretty much do it at any moment. Yeah. By no means am I suicidal or was suicidal. I definitely had a lot of thoughts. And potentially, like, thoughts of and urges of, well, maybe, maybe, maybes. But I promise you, I was never suicidal. And if you are, and you are experiencing those thoughts... It's normal. That is normal, especially if you're a deep thinker. Okay, you're always going to go in those those areas of the brain. Yep. 
the first thing you do is communicate with somebody you know, love, and trust. Okay? Someone that's not going to freak out and go, oh my god, we, you need help. Let's yeah. send you somewhere. But someone that's maybe had some experience. Um, just pretty much anyone you're comfortable with. But also knowing that just like those thoughts are driving probably some sadness and depression, take the time, appreciate one thing, maybe one of your friends. Because as much as we're not our thoughts, we're not the thoughts we're, we, we're the thoughts we engage in. So if I engage in a thought that I'm like a happy thought of, um, you know, I'm hanging out with my friends, like a very happy memory, very grateful for my friends. Or if I'm looking to the future of the, the weekend of I know I have plans to do something, okay, those feelings will stick with you. But same as if you get yelled at by your boss because he's having a bad day and you hold on to that thought, you're going to feel that sadness. Take the time, find someone you know, love, and trust, and appreciate them, talk about some good things, and hold on to those 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 happy feelings, that gratitude, that gratefulness. Yeah. I, I do have to add, though, real quick, is that um, all, that is phenomenal advice, again, because gratitude is the remedy to so many things, and I'm glad you used the word gratitude. Um, but don't use it as means of negation. Mm. So if you are feeling something that's that strong, don't think that, oh, because I'm grateful that this feeling is going to leave. I was actually just talking about this with one of our friends. I won't mention, you know, who I'm talking mm. about um, today. I was talking about gratefulness mm. and, um, and basically I'm going to see if I can go ahead and, and read the text message I wrote because it's, it's pertains to what we're talking about. And um, basically what I said is that it's, being grateful doesn't mean it negates any unpleasant feelings. Because you know you should be grateful for something, it doesn't mean that any unpleasant feelings such as sorrow or anxiety will disappear. That just like the clouds, once those feelings pass, what remains is our innate nature of gratefulness. That one could be grateful and also sad. So if you are feeling sad, sorrow, anxious, depressed, angry, you can still feel those feelings and be grateful at the same time. So don't think and, and don't try to um, bring something that you're grateful for to mind in hopes that that feeling's just going to go away. It'll help definitely help you, as I said before, give it more room to move on. Or in, in Nick's case, give Dennis the space, give that <laughs> friend. But yeah, give that friend the space that they need to leave when you're focusing on gratefulness. So an example could be this a beautiful again to, to bring up to uh, Nick's analogy would be like gratefulness could be like um, uh, focusing on gratefulness could be like focusing on the TV. So you, the you, the friend <laughs> walks in that you don't want to be there. Yeah. And so focusing on the TV is not going to make him leave, right? But it's going to make it a lot easier for you to concentrate on what's important in your life and give that other feeling or that person time to rummage through your 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 uh, have at refrigerator, it, have at it, and then they'll leave. But it'll give your mind something to focus on while that feeling's there. So it's it's be able to feel whatever it is that you're feeling alongside gratefulness. But I'm glad that, that Corey brought up gratitude because that's that's a huge, huge tool in mental health. During uh during quarantine, um, I had a lot more time on my hands because my hours have were shifted. Although I was working a lot still, I had a whiteboard, 
and uh, I took this uh, from from you, Mike, because you you mentioned uh, that I I do something similar to this, but I made a maxim, and on or I I was working on consistency, and I t- I talked about this in one of the other podcasts. Uh, so I made five things that I had to complete throughout my entire day, and you you were telling me find something you're grateful for, and I was like I don't like what does that mean? Because like every time I see hear that sentence, I go my friends, my family, yeah, blah blah something blah. Something outside of that. And you said something really important to me, and you said find something in that day that you that, were grateful for. That day, yes. That uh, I had to do two things. One, I had to reflect on my day. Another great tool. And find something that I appreciated. So I made this uh, this board for my consistency so I can start being a little more consistency. And I had to complete those five things by the end of the day. The first one was my maxim, which was I am whoever I am, not my being, which was, I believe, like hardworking, enthusiastic, and I yearn to grow. Um, and then the next one was, um, I believe it was make my bed. Check that <laughs> one off. Love making my bed. Hey, I got through the 30 days, boys. I got through it. Yep. Challenge number two is when you wake up. Yeah. Uh, third, third one was work out for 15 minutes. At least fifteen minutes a day, uh, and then the last, the last two I think were find uh, one of them was find one one thing you were grateful for, and I forget what the last one was. Oh, the last one was complete the chart. It was kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like man. a cheat. It was kind of like man, a cheat one. Like cheat one. <laughs> hey, give yourself any, who's any we can get, baby. Um, and I, during that time, I don't know if it was because I had a little extra time to do the things that I really wanted to do, like working out uh, more. Um, reading a little bit more, a little bit more of self-indulging things, if that makes sense, self-indulging. Um, but during that time, I felt amazing. Yeah. Reminding myself of the person that I want to be and who I was being, and then even reflecting, and even if sometimes it was small. It was like cooked dinner with my sister. Yeah. Or yes. like, oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Like, and it, like it's silly things are like, had a phone conversation, like a five-minute yeah. phone conversation with my mom. And, like, it, it allows me to – it. Tr- I don't want to say it tricks the brain, but, like, uh, someone made an analogy where it's, like, maybe, like, when you're cold, you put a sweatshirt on, your, yeah. the dopamine in your brain goes off, and it's like, oh, I feel cozy now. Yeah. And then a few minutes later, your brain completely forgets about you're wearing clothes. Yeah, exactly. And you forget about that feeling. Yeah. So taking that step back to stop and go remind your body that you're wearing the clothes – get yeah, that really, says, versus going to your phone and going oh i need something i need yeah. something to look at stop instead be more present yeah, yeah like absolutely. appreciate the clothes on your body be yeah. grateful that you had a conversation with somebody we talked about that if you remember at harriman state park okay that's where when we did the when we had the run oh, yeah i remember that run uh, uh, yeah <laughs> that was a we, good run <laughs> we um you know but i, I was that, that that's where i, I started that the gratitude journal that I told you about mm-hmm. is when I started writing that. And that's, I just started looking for little things throughout the day that I was grateful for. And what kind of pushed me to go that is again, there was during right during the whole height of the quarantine during everything there was, I was going through the biggest breakup of my life. My, I have, um, for those of you who don't know, I'll speak about it later. I, do, I have obsessive compulsive disorder. So my OCD spiked and the quarantine kicks in. So I can't see any of my friends and family as much as I want to. So I'm afraid, alone, isolated with a mental disorder. <laughs> now, when that reality first kind of set in, I was so discouraged because I didn't know 
what it is to do. But what I did know is that I had to do something. And so because I was feeling so low and and heavy every single day and I wasn't able to see or communicate i was able to communicate you know but there's only so much you can do over phone and and i wasn't able to you know really see any of my friends and family or go out and 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 do things i i was i my brain again needed wanted a way out of discomfort because it was doing what as i said it was naturally doing is that when you're feeling that low and you're feeling that 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 heavy is that you need your, your the brain wants to now get out of that discomfort to survive and the way that my brain and my mind did that was it started looking at little things throughout the day that I wouldn't necessarily notice. I believe it was Robin Williams that was quoted saying is that the bad things always wake your mind up to the good things you didn't notice before. And I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't find a quote that's more applicable to what I was going through at that time. And so I'm like, okay, so what was it today? today that I was happy with like you know what I really enjoyed my the bread that I made my sandwich on today sounds absolutely silly but I'm like I really did enjoy that so I found that little thing and then there was something else there was oh I had a really nice conversation with there, there was this the one of the um people who I used to work with her name was Nicole and she would come in and had a really great conversation talking about shows that she was watching with her kid um and so I was like, well, that's something that made me happy. Then all of a sudden I started noticing these little things throughout the day that my brain and my mind might not have picked up on had I not felt so low, had I, had I not been going, you know, had there hadn't been no restrictions on the quarantine, had I not had, you know, anxiety over um, my, you know, w- with everything that was going on. And one of the things that I was most grateful for throughout the entire quarantine and throughout this, to the last eight months, nine months of my life, has been the sun. It it sounds it, it sounds like it sounds a little crazy, but but bear with me here. When you feel anxiety and sadness, and when you feel both of them at the exact same time, it is crippling. Okay, you feel dark, and you feel below everything. You are a, you feel abandoned yep. and you feel afraid. You literally feel dark. You feel what you're like all, in a well of your own. Yes, pain. absolutely. That's all it is, and and it's pretty much all of the qualities that this and anti all of the qualities that the sun has. So light, warmth, joyous, happy. It was pretty much anti that. Everything anti that. It was dark, heavy, um, uh, lonely, low, and so. One of the things that I started to notice was just when I would walk outside the one day and I just noticed that the sun was shining and, and it had all of the, the, it had all of the opposite qualities that I was feeling and it almost felt like the sun itself was easing everything that I was feeling because it naturally, ha- it's, it's naturally an antidote to everything that you're feeling and so I started to notice the sun more and more each and every day, where it was in the sky, how warm it was, when it was when it was shining on me, and there's there's something absolutely just uh, nostalgic. Not only nostalgic when you feel as you as you would when you were a kid, because I noticed that stuff when I was a kid. But there's something absolutely blissful about standing out in the middle of a field 
and just feeling the sun on your face after going through anxiety and sadness and being alone and going to quarantine it was just like there was just something about it and then when i was the more and more that i noticed it the more and more i started to appreciate it and the more and more i started to notice other places of encouragement other other places that i didn't necessarily notice before and i started hearing certain uh, lyrics to certain songs and certain words to certain books just all started to to it, it felt like everything was in black and white during the height of all of this of everything going on and then it felt as though this awareness within me had woken up and all of a sudden i started to color in the parts that were black and white and after i realized that I, I was the one who was coloring in everything in my life that was black and white. It just, it felt so encouraging. And it, again, it just, all of those unpleasant feelings that I was experiencing, just, they didn't go away, but I learned to manage them and I learned to be with, I learned to color with sadness there. I learned to color with anger there. And there's been so many times where I would be listening to, um, certain people who I follow for words of encouragement, or I, but, and they would, it, it would, it just, it sounded like they were talking directly to me, and so it was something about now noticing these different words and different things that were going on in my life. I can't tell you how many times it just, it felt like somebody was talking directly to me through these words, and and through what I was experiencing, through noticing the sun, through noticing these little things, and there was this one moment I remember. <clears throat> I was listening to a motivational video um, and there was some, one of some gentleman who was talking and he was talking about things that were going on exactly in my life. He talked about when you feel like you have nobody, when you feel like the people who you'd be with, with the rest of your life have left, you feel like you're your own worst enemy. And then he started to, he, st he started to explain that when you are in a place where you are all that you have, you are in a good place. And I was outside listening to this and I, I started to cry because I just, I felt so sadly happy. It's, it's very odd. Again, it's one of those things that I mentioned that you have to experience and feeling that, feeling that I was able to feel happiness and I was able to be happy and I was able to be optimistic, but still allow sadness to be there was an absolutely was an absolute game changer for me being able to feel simultaneous uh, uh, seemingly conflicting feelings at the same time where normally you think how can you feel happy and sad you could feel happily sad sure you could feel sadly happy yeah. and it was just like there was just again it was just this moment it was just everything that this this paint by numbers picture tried to come into mind. It was so it was it was the sun shining on me. It was listening to the words. It was feeling the wind. It was being mindful of what's going on. It was the music that I was listening to. All of these little things just added up. And I was I started to able to realize that I can I have everything that I need to heal myself. And when you realize that, that you have everything that you need and you are all that you need, it is it is blissful but it it takes work it yeah. takes realization it takes awareness but it is 100 percent possible and 100 percent worth it when you're in a place where you know you are all that you need 
then you can wholeheartedly give and be the person that you need yourself to be and you can be the person that your friends and your family need you to be because the more that you love yourself and the better relationship you have with yourself the better relationship you will have with your friends and your family and i can't hammer that home enough because there's so many people who don't take care of themselves or don't yeah. love themselves i have a family member who who does i know you have a family who does yep. who don't take care of themselves and they don't love themselves and they think that doing more for others and not enough for themselves and constantly spreading themselves too thin is the way that it's supposed to be and it's because they're they love their loved ones no you really want to you really want to show your loved ones that you care you really want to show them that you you want them the best for them take care of yourself exactly show me that you care for yourself yeah. like you care for everyone else absolutely how you are with the sun is how i am with the moon it's but it's something nature right it, with the moon cuz i used to i used to call my happy place i used to go on my deck at night have my music on when I was feeling solo, mm-hmm. and I would look around. It's dark. The, the, the sky is completely dark. But yet, the moon, yet is, the moon is there. Yeah. There's that one piece of light that's, yeah. that's lighting up the fucking world right now. It's not lighting yeah. up very much, but there's light yeah. there. And it's, it's piercing through all the darkness. It's cutting yeah. the darkness in half. Yes. And then you have all the stars out, which add even more light. So it's like, for me, it's just like, yes, this, this world can be tough it, it's gonna be tough it's painful it's going to be it's but, not well, but yeah. there will there will always be some sort of light that's gonna guide you somewhere yeah and that it's gonna push you forward you gotta find it and for me being able to, to just look up at the the moon and the, and the stars listening to the music like you said it's it feels like it's talking directly yeah, to it you it all adds up it's it just and, this- and, and there are songs where i had no idea what the meaning was yet i would sit there I would hear the song, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Now, it, yeah. now I get it. Now yeah. it makes sense. Absolutely. There's something that, I, as far as music is concerned, something else that 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 I I kind of thought about is that there is a difference between listening to the lyrics, understanding the lyrics, and then there's living the lyrics. And when you go through something uh, something intense emotionally. And you're living the lyrics. It the music hits in a completely yep. different way. You can listen to a song for years and listen to it and understand it, but then when you live the lyrics and you have that third level of connection, listening, understanding, and then living the lyrics. Yep. And when you hit that third level of connection with the music, it it just hits completely differently. Yep. And again, you can have a song on your playlist for years. Do you have one in mind? I have one in mind that I'm thinking of as far as the moon and the stars is concerned. It's from one of our favorite bands. I'm curious if we're thinking of the exact same one. Well, I mean, the one song I've, I've said it multiple times that always has spoke to me from yeah. the very start was The Adventure. Yes. Ever since the first time I heard that. I love that song. It's been... It's a song that I can listen to and get goosebumps every single yeah. time. There are certain songs that do that for can me. Can give you hope. Yeah. Um, True Love does that. Um, Love Like Rockets yeah. does it too. It's just, when when I hear those songs, they bring me to a place where it's not dark anymore. Yeah. They it take me out of that dark, like, that dark place and they put me in a place where, okay, maybe it... it this doesn't suck. Maybe it doesn't it changes hurt your as perception. much as exactly, and it maybe it doesn't hurt as much as you think it does. Yes, like we listened to Flight of Apollo before. Yeah, where it's, life doesn't hurt. Yeah. It doesn't hurt, yeah. 
you make it hurt. Yeah, you, you can get to the place that you need to be. Yeah. What, what? When was there? Was the adventure when you looked at the moon and the stars? Oh, that I always put that. Whenever I listen to music, whenever mm-hmm. I go on a binge and listen to music, that song got to be on there. I will always yeah. put on. Yeah. What's your? I'm gonna. What's your favorite lyric from that song? I, I we just did this. Yeah, we did. Um, we did a po- we did a podcast on it. <laughs> I like like I said to him. I like the whole song. Everything about the song, just it just speaks greatly. You can't pick one particular. No, it's fair the whole enough. song. Absolutely fair enough. For me, I I like. He says, "Your vicious pain, your warning sign, you will, will be, be fine. fine." And for hearing that, it's just it. For for me in particular, for somebody with OCD. That's one of the things that people with OCD deal with on a daily basis is it's a warning sign is that the, the, the brain's warning signal malfunctions. And so it's constantly telling you something bad's going to happen or some, if you don't do something. And so listening to those lyrics is that your vicious pain, this warning sign that you're feeling. And it doesn't even have to be people who just people who have OCD and people who have generalized anxiety in general. Again, anxiety is that feeling that something bad's going to happen, but it never does. And so that was just something that kind of give, give uh, that that sign that lyric kind of give me gave me hope. Where it's just like your vicious pain, your warning sign, you will be fine. And then of course, I can't live, I can't breathe unless you do this with me. That that was what I was gonna say. That song was written for the lead singer's friend because he's going through a divorce. Yep. And when I read that, but I know he's saying, like, you'll be all right. Like, for me. He's speaking to himself. He's saying to himself that I can't do this unless you allow me yeah. to do this with you. Yeah. So I need you to be with me right now. Yep. So like, I, think of yourself as two two beings, like just your just the shell of your body and then your consciousness, and like, okay, I need you now. Let's go together. Yeah. This is. And that's the only way it's going to get done is if we do this together. Yeah, absolutely. Saying I, you don't need that other person to be happy. Yeah. You control that. You can't give your happiness to somebody else. You can, somebody else you can share it. You can't give it to them, just like they can't give you theirs. Yeah, it's just, that's something that's, again, it's it's so interesting. And to circle back to, again, like, like as far as mental health is concerned, it's just there's everything has, everybody has something that they're going through mentally and emotionally. Some people are just absolutely fantastic at hiding it than others. So don't yeah. fool yourself when you think, again, you always say that all the time, people have the, the think they have the best think they have the greatest life everybody is going through something like like i said to him you can put the mask on all you want yeah your loved ones and the people close to you know we'll see there's right no through point, that though there's there's exactly you know what i mean i like, don't not even want to pick up that mask but as i said it's just it's finding those little things in your life that can bring you happiness it's talking about again for erasing the stigma to kind of sum up everything that we were talking about is literally talking about whatever it is that you're going through and then finding these little things that you can do to color in your life. If mm-hmm. your life feels completely black and white, you can find these little things that can kind of you can you, you'll start to notice that you can kind of start coloring them in and start learning and start self-educating yourself. And again, it's I'm one of the I'm grateful again for the quarantine because I've never had a better relationship with myself in my entire life because of the quarantine because I was basically you know you were forced to spend time with yourself yeah you had you know to. you had no choice and so for me I'm a believer in God and so I spent a lot of time with myself and I spent a lot of time praying and so it just 
during prayer and during reflection and during my journaling, I just started to, it started to promote this mental clarity. I just started to get different insights about uh, why, I, why I felt about certain things and how I felt about certain things that I might not have gotten had I not had that extra time to myself. Yeah. So that, you know what I mean? It's just something, so just find somebody that, you know, to, to, to talk, find, again, find somebody who you can talk to. And I promise you there is, there is somebody out there who, who wants, again, there's, even if you feel like you have nobody, if you are somebody who is spiritual, you can pray. And if you aren't somebody who's you spiritual, you could talk to yourself. You could literally sit in a room and yeah. talk to your, you can talk to yourself. You can write to yourself. Again, you, you have all that you need. If you, cause I know there, there probably are, there could be plenty of people listening who don't, actually have anybody who yeah. might not have their their parents might not listen to them their friends might not listen to them they you know i know in high school i was in that place i didn't really have any super close friends that i can talk to yeah. with anybody i hadn't met you and i never had that relationship with the friends that i had in high school yeah and i didn't have that relationship with my parents and my parents were so focused on grades so i you know so if you have to <laughs> Talk to yourself, write to yourself, journal to yourself. It's well, funny that you said talk to yourself because uh, every time I'm down and like I'm like feeling real down, I have the same conversation with myself every single time. You have to have that conversation with yourself. Yeah. And it's, you know you're going to come out better when this is over. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like I feel like that kind of creates that future for me anyway because yeah. it's like, you know when you're feeling that darkness, you know the light is around the corner. Yes, absolutely. And you know you're going to be feeling on top of the world. Yep. And it's the same conversation. It's like, okay, well, what it, you know you're feeling down, but you know what's coming next. Absolutely, yeah. Corey. And, absolutely. And sometimes that, that sparks the, the initiation to like, well, you know what you got to do also. Yeah. I actually listened to something, and it was actually – it rang, it resonated with me. It may not resonate with you guys. Um, and it was from Jim Carrey. He said to look at depression as deep rest. And he said, look at it as in your body's saying that there's change that needs to happen in the person that you're being. Yeah. That your body's not, you're not the person that your maybe you don't want to be. Yeah, or, I'm tired of being who you were pretending to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that is, that to me, Damn. that gave me chills because uh, I definitely fall or have fell in the realm of, of, not being the person that I want to be yeah, and being, you know, going around pleasing others mm -hmm. because I don't have that self-security. And I think whatever, if I'm not good enough, I can might as well let people feel good about enough about themselves. Yeah. And it doesn't work. It, it beats me down every time. Yep. And then, uh, the, that same conversation, that cycle, knowing it's a cycle is learning how to break the cycle is I start doing and being the person I do want to be. And then I start feeling insecure that I'm feeling selfish, that I shouldn't be doing this, and then I fall into the okay, well, you know, what? I'll be the the good person, quote, good person, and then I start falling into that depression again, and then it's like, no, I want to be the person I want to be, and it's a cycle, it's a vicious yeah. cycle for me. Um, so I got that for me. That's my consistent challenge, yeah, breaking that. But every time, it's you know, what's coming next. Yeah, exactly. And it, but it, it takes practice. It, yeah. it really does. It be, you know, and it's just it's it's interesting because. The what you mentioned is is again it's it's recognizing that the clouds are yeah. eventually going to pass and that blue sky yep. is eventually that true your true nature your true happy optimistic self 
is going to return. Well, again, whether you like it or not, it's up to you on on how effective and how fast, you know, and how quickly those um, neg- those unpleasant feelings and those unpleasant um, emotions that you are going to pass through. Um, and again, the more space that you give them, the the easier it's going to be. But don't don't chase them away. Don't force them. Don't get involved with them. Just let them be there. And you can you can you could be sadly happy. You can feel happy about something and still have sadness come along with you. You know how you feel now is not how you're going to feel ten minutes from now. Yeah, you might, yeah, but it, 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 it's yeah, going to yeah. always change. Don't try to hold on to it. You know, and it's just the, I, I read a, a book called The Mastery of Love. Um, if anybody's interested, it's by Don Magaru. It's a phenomenal book about how to um, genuinely cultivate self love and how to cultivate love that you give to others. And so it's basically about how the love you give to others. And so um, the the main premise of the book is that you always have unlimited love within you to give others. That you don't need love from other people to feel love. You don't. If you want to feel love, you give love. Yep. And so it, it all circles that. But the reason I bring up this book is that he says that we become masters of things by th- by continuously engaging in them. And so he says. That's why we're so good at being angry and we're so good at being sad because we've become masters at being sad. You've become a master at being angry. You've become a master at feeling depressed. You've become a master at feeling anxiety because you do them so and you engage in it and you and you fuel it so much that you've become great at it. So if you if everyone there's someone out there thinks oh I'm great at nothing then you're great at thinking you're great at nothing if you continuously do something you become great at it and I, that's just something that really hit me I'm like wow that makes so much sense that whenever you again if you if you're constantly feeling anxiety or, or sadness 24 seven you have practiced that and you become a master at it. That's why, because you're continuously practicing it. And so if you want to become a master at being happy, a master of, at optimism, a master at being joy, you got to practice doing that. It was something yeah. me, I was like, wow, that that just makes so much sense. That we're masters at being angry. We're, we're mas- you're a master at judging yourself. Oh, absolutely, 100%. You're a fun, you're, but you have to practice <laughs> that. That's not something that you that you just woke up one day and all of a sudden the a million voices just started to show up and all, I just hate myself all of a sudden. That's something that over time that you not, may not have realized, but you've practiced that. You've practiced at judging yourself so much that you've become a master at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm always critical of myself. Yeah, right? but, now, but and when you say that, it's like where where it stemmed from was like probably just micro, micro little microaggressions micro, you have yeah. against yourself, and just the neural pathways are just continuously yeah. firing. You become firing, great firing. at it. We've all become great at something that we we've all, everyone has been great at something that they don't want to be great about. So again, it's just it's something that that's it just just to think about. Well, we're gonna you know wrap it up here. Is there anything else that you guys want to add um, in terms of mental health? Um, just pretty much, man. If you're feeling if you're feeling down, definitely like what Corey said. Just find someone to talk to. Find someone to talk to. There's always somebody out there. What's if you if you have nobody? I'm sure anyone we, here. We we've offered on yeah, every, at the on end of every show. My yep. my Instagram is Griffy Graham. 
I have done a ton. Again, I am not a psychologist. I have, I don't consider myself an expert, but I have done a ton of research. I have read quite a few books on the subject of mental health and psychology. Again, uh, um, so if anyone ever wants to talk, I know Nick, you've you know you've mentioned my, your stuff. My DMs are always open, and I know I'm sh more than sure you know Corey is, and and yeah. Corey's a. a uh, teaches karate and so he's really really great at being able to convey um principles and concepts simply because you have to do that for kids. so your students for your kids to understand yeah. and so he's somebody who i would again just just whenever you're looking to uh, kind of simplify something and when you know you, you explained that to me a couple of times and we again we went on our run so but everyone's door is absolutely you know open and, and as yeah. in terms of that concerned and again just realizing that mental health is so important and one of the things that i a quote that i kind of uh, that i want to add here real quick is the way that i think about mental health when it comes particularly to america is that people don't fix the roof until it's leaking i think that that perfectly describes how people look at mental health in america is that they don't fix anything and they don't work on anything until there's a problem and yeah. mental health is about preventative measures people don't fortify the, the roof yes people don't fix the roof until it's leaking and i read a quote somewhere too is that you don't repair the roof again you don't repair the roof when it's raining you repair the roof when it's sunny exactly and that speaks absolute volumes about mental health because again unfortunately to, in today's today's day and age there's as much as there there's a lot more attention to mental health nowadays than ever been and especially access to help but there's still a giant stigma around it there's Absolutely. And, and again for and it is it is the brain is um, arguably i'm sure the most important organ in the body and is the most complex organ in the body and yet so many people don't want to talk about it and it's and it's an absolute shame so again we thought this was a great uh, uh podcast for mental health awareness day um coming up actually um this week is ocd awareness week as i mentioned before i do um struggle with obsessive compulsive disorder and i know i'm hoping there's at least maybe just one person who is listening to this podcast who does struggle with it i do i'm going to do that's a whole nother podcast so I do plan on doing a separate podcast about that, talking about um, um, all the help that I've gotten, the articles that I've read, the tools that I have that I've discovered, you know, over my uh, journey with this disorder. And that, uh, again, um, whether you're struggling with um, OCD or you're struggling with uh, um, clinical depression or you're struggling with clinical anxiety, is that there's always somebody like I said, who is willing to listen, we're willing to listen, and we're hoping that yeah. this podcast can bring some sort of awareness to mental health. We would, again, if anybody's interested and has an opinion, we'd love to talk about it. Absolutely. You can comment, you know. We'll, we'll air it out on the and show, just too. just air it out on the show. And just we won't use your name yeah, or just, anything. You know, and just bringing the awareness to the mental health and, and just taking care of the ship, taking yes. care of your vessel, being able to understand who it is that you are, what you're feeling, and always remember, you're, again, you're separate from your thoughts and your feelings and know your worth. I promise you, you hear it all the time. You see it on posters. It's so cliche, but you you really are valuable. You have worth, yep. I promise you. Again, I see myself as a king. I, I literally refer to myself as a king. 
And I don't do that in a, in a, a particularly egotistical way. I do that in a way because I know my worth and I know my value and I know the love that I'm able to give. And I see all of my friends and my family the same way. As, as these people of, of high priesthood, high power, knowing because I know they're worth it and know their value. But you got to see it in yourself first. Yeah. I promise you. Anything else, you guys? I'm the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I think that, that I think that, that really covers it. And uh, I think that's really powerful that you, one, it takes a lot of courage to say that because a lot of people will look at you and go, wow, that guy's an egotistical jerk. And if they only would have known everything that I've been through in my mind and my heart, you'd realize that it took a long time to get yep. to that place. Yep. Okay. The work that has to be put in to get to that place. And it's not, it's not about ego. Okay. It's not about cockiness. It's about knowing your worth and knowing your value and seeing who you are as a person and what you can bring to the world. Absolutely. Um, with that being said, I think we can wrap it up now. Um, like Mike said, you can find him on Instagram at GriffyGram. That's G-R-I-F-F-Y-G-R-A-M. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at dbor2730. That's D-B-O-R-2730. You can find me on Instagram at Corey underscore Fazio. That's C-O-R-E-Y underscore F-A-Z-I-O. Um, that's about it. And if you're uh, looking to learn karate, plug uh, in your... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if you guys are looking to learn karate, um, Elite Martial Arts, it's in Rockaway, New Jersey, um, shoot me a, shoot me a text. Look at us up on website. We got some really good promotions. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we've expanded a bit, so you can follow the show at BH Podcasting on Twitter. Where, like, like we said, DMs are always open if you guys yeah, want to interact. In. <laughs> um, Instagram, Facebook, it's a big one. Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, Brotherhood of Podcasting across the board. We are also on therealfoodnetwork.com. No, we're I have a personal <laughs> account. Uh, it's the real underscore Bobby Flay one. If you guys ever want to hit me up, share recipes on that. Don't don't uh, look at that. Don't look at that. And every now and then we do a uh, an ASMR. No, we're not doing an ASMR. We're gonna end it now. But uh, yeah, man, find someone that that you feel comfortable talking to and. Uh, Get it done, man. You're, you're capable of so much in this world. Just don't don't limit yourself. And um, never yeah. forget. Tell yourself, you are wonderful. Yeah. No matter what. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one.